It's Monday, yeah, take two, February, 9th, uh, February 17th, Something 2014. Like that. Yes. Right? Yes, okay, and you're listening to Size <laughs> Matters, and episode 17 uh, point... I ate the DeLorean, by did the we, way. Do we ever it's actually decide what we were going to call this? It's 17, 17 point non-sequitur integer. I, I don't yeah, 17.75, 17 point, 17 point 17, how about just 17.5, the B-side? Pi-side. Like, 17 point the pi symbol. Does anyone who's alive and listening to this podcast actually know what a B-side is now anymore? What? <laughs> Wait. Do you know what a B-side, what that refers to? B-side? No. Okay. No. So th- this is older than what I am, but it's something I know because I do like music. Katie knows. But Katie knows. You know how uh, there used to be radio stations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're on the back, you know, they got music on vinyl, on, on records. And okay. when they got their singles, there would be the A-side single, which is the main song, and oh. then the B-side, okay. uh, which would be the, what's on the other side of the single, because each side of the vinyl it's... only had one uh, song on it. Usually. Okay. Huh. And, and they, still, like, they, still, they still use that term, uh, but it is, it is, the, the term itself is kind of a throwback term. <laughs> Yay! Goodness. Uh, but everyone knows that, uh, well, I mean, people still listen to the radio in cars, but certain panda paws doesn't, because it's all internet. Rock. Also, I don't have a car. So. <laughs> cars, but even cars. when I did have a car, I did not listen to like terrestrial radio, because it is not good. Hey, uh, I'm Claudia Bashir, your host, and, and uh, joining me here is uh, Kenson Shimobi. Are you there? Hi! Yes, I'm totally hipster. I have a Walkman now while stomping on all your cars. Right. And uh, then we also have Dragonian Hatsume. Hatsume. Insert rant here. The man with the pointed chin. And like again. this week's episode, if you didn't listen to the last one, uh, is basically just, uh, I'm not going to say a filler episode because that is, <laughs> uh, hopefully that's setting the bar a little too low, but we are going to try to uh, just do some answering some emails that sent in, just kind of do a general episode so we can uh, be ready for next week's episode, which is our live from get Texas us pumped, Furry get Fiesta. Live to win. And also, for those of you who are listening to the actual podcast file, uh, we're doing a test of uh, recording or, or broadcasting this live stream uh, audio while we are recording. This is uh, a test of the National Size Matters cast broadcast so we will be probably talking about stuff in the chat and, uh, you know, making sure that uh, we try to get some input from there, especially since we are getting emails there. This may be a thing that we do going into the future. It may not be. It, it may be something we do for some episodes, not all. Uh, but, uh, you know, for now, we just wanted to have it kind of as a test. So we didn't really plan or announce it ahead of time other than just putting it out on Twitter and on FA. Oh, hey, look, Rainbow Unicorn Attack too. <laughs> Yay! So anyway, <laughs> so is this kind of like uh, you were talking last week about Flappy Bird? Yes. 
Ooh, and Giant Boulder of Death. It's a Flash game. Yay, Adult Swim! Okay. But you know, if I try to pull um, up the Flash, considering that right now I don't only have our normal podcast stuff running on the computer, but I also have the procast, the, the, the live stream procasting stuff running, then I would probably crash my computer. Yay! Ooh, um, by the way, uh, for those listening to the podcast file and are not in the live stream, or both, this is going to be like we mentioned last time, it's going to be a, like macro micro q and a or like a tmi tuesday but on a monday and something so just we're and it's going to answer a whole bunch of questions basically just to clarify it's a tmi tuesday that's on a monday that's recorded on saturday where we don't want you to know it's on saturday so we pretend it's on sunday because that's when he puts it together and then it's released on monday exactly we never pretend it's on monday or sunday we always pretend it's on monday We've used I mean, it as, look, we've used look at the live before. stream video. It says specifically, <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Monday. Monday. Well, that just means you're a liar. It's Monday. Insert date here. I am your host, Quandry Bashir. Hello, everybody. It sounds like almost like you're Monday. about to go into another <laughs> epic rap battle wrong. there. And trust me, I have <laughs> processors and things that tell me what date it is. Okay, now I want to f- see somebody go out and do an epic rap battle of me versus Dragonian. Oh, but... Oh. But it can't be us doing it, because that would just defeat the purpose. But, okay, I'll do it for both of you. I'll dress up as both of you. Let's do it. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I don't know Yay. if you'd be able to really encapsulate Ugh, either of I us I have to dress up well. like a dragon? You're too oh, white wait. and PG to be able to do a rap battle. Freaking humiliating. <laughs> I have to dress up like a dragon. Holy crap. That's just... No. I might just do the whole thing with um, from Quandry's side, and so that he could just stomp you into a... Nice little pancake. Kenson, you're going in the it's fun nice box. Friends, so. Fun box? Oh, fun we box, have a fun, fun box, box Oh, it's square and dark. Fun box. A oh, fun box. Check out these cool fun box. Yay! What is the fun box? We don't have a fun box. Oh, God. How? You can't be too young for that. Have you not? Okay, I know. I, I don't know what it is. This. Please, Zeb, tell me you got the reference at least. Everyone loves the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh! I'm fairly odd parents. I know the Fairly Odd Parents. I've never heard of the Fun Box. I'm not too young box, for the Fairly Odd Parents. I'm too old dark. for the Fairly Odd Parents. Fun Box, check out these cool Fun Box. Oh, yes. Now I know what you're talking about. Oh, gosh. It's Walt's Square and Dark. When you said that, it made me think of it, yeah. Uh, because it's the episode where his parents basically are grounding him, and it's the Fun Box, is the cage that they put him in, yeah. And then okay. he gets rid of Vicky. It's and he okay to feel it. sad sometimes. <laughs> okay, moving on to the... Uh, to Apparently the King Dad's already sick of you talking about that show. I'm sorry, <laughs> I love that show. Anyway. So apparently... So I actually got a Slurpee right now next to me. Um, Would you like a Slurpee? Sorry. There's been a 7-Eleven open across the street from my apartment building for about two months now. And I think it's, it's really there uh, to make me go entirely bankrupt. Because it's really close to get to. There was another convenience store that's a little further down, but that one's all dirty and it took a little longer to get to. And the Seven Eleven is closer and is real nice and clean and new. Um, plus, it's just a general better food quality, better you know stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's been too cold for me to get Slurpees up until now, and so I got a Slurpee now because it's about sixty degrees outside. <gasps> you can Okay, I'm so looking forward to Texas weather. Oh my but gosh! The point of bringing that up was uh-huh. that uh, I you know I decided on. Flavor of Coke because I wanted to get something that would make sense to put some other kind of brown uh, liquidish beverage into. Uh, so basically, I'm just trying to take a really long round way of saying that this is another bourbon cast. Gosh, uh, you you made me think of when you said Seven Eleven. You made me think of um, Boondog Saints. I actually saw that movie for the first time in my life, like last week or so. And one of the lines in it's uh, when they're all sitting on the table. It's like we're like a Seven Eleven. 
We don't always have business, but we are always open. <laughs> I like what you did. Is 7-Eleven so anyway. something? Do you have 7-Elevens in your parts of the country? Yes, we do, but few and far between. I don't yeah, think I've seen one within like 20 miles of here. So Quick Trip is, is the predominant like place here. What did you say it was? Quick Trip. Quick, I've never heard of Quick Trip. And we, we didn't have, have any 7-Elevens. We have speedways as far as the eye can see. Uh, well, we didn't have any 7-Elevens <laughs> in Louisville. Uh, and I, you know, I'd heard of them because you know, 7-Eleven yeah. is kind of the uh, convenience store that is open or that is most nationally known, I would say. Uh, but I just never got to go to one until moving yep. to Dallas. And they're based out of Dallas, so they're everywhere here. Anyway, uh, so you guys want to keep talking about the wonderful world of gas stations, or can we move on to the email? Yeah, Don't we have to tangent some... for 30 minutes? Okay, fine. Here's <laughs> the last tangent, then, because I have a question for Kenson. Okay. We're in Ohio right now, right? Yes. Temporarily. Four astronauts were born in Ohio. What is it about your state that makes people want to flee the Earth? Uh, all of the macros that live here. Kind of not very. It's kind of unsettling for Let's those see. normals. John Glenn's from Ohio, right? I believe so. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other astronauts that I know that are specifically from Ohio. Well, I mean, think about it. Oh, Ohio's always had a aviation. Yeah, exactly. They've always had an aviation history, so it only makes sense that astronauts, which is just a higher level of of aviation, uh, would have a basis in Ohio. Yeah, and I like truthfully, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I would always think. Gosh, being an astronaut be so cool. But then I've gone into like museums and things and seen like the processes behind it. And it's really cool, but gosh dang they go through a lot. Just talking about astronauts now. I still I still admire the heck out of them because I would love to go into space someday. I know that there's like space tours and things being implemented and invented and making easy making things easier and not like costing a hundred thousand dollars for a trip. But, like, astronauts are so awesome. I always wanted to be one and still want to be one. I don't want to go to space until there's a reason to go to space, such as colonization or things like that. Because there's uh, really no point of well, them um, just wasting money to say, hey, I got the um, space. Or outgrowing the Earth. I, there totally is a reason to go to space. It's freaking space. It's freaking space, yeah. Portal okay. 2, take, take it. Why, why do you need another Earth. reason other than that? Because I would rather have the hundreds of thousands of dollars used to send me to space be used to continue our research into colonization of other planets so we can actually leave our solar system instead of just me being able to wear a badge that says, hey, I went to space and I got more than just a t-shirt. But isn't that – so I'll make you I think you're, 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 you're of, thinking of this uh, in, without actually thinking of the steps that would be needed. Isn't part of the – uh, colonization process, which, would, by the way, cost about a billion times more than hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, isn't part of that, though, going into space and doing these small trips until we can actually then get to a you know a moon and then Mars and whatever other planets? Don't isn't it a granular process? It is, but people like you and me that have no training whatsoever in anything relating to space travel or colonization Titan wouldn't age. really get any benefit out of going to space other than just getting to say we were in space. But that's that's good enough for me because space is freaking space. I, I love and, space. and I don't. I think you're thinking of things a little. I mean, <laughs> I would. I would assume if I was chosen to go to space, that, that they would want me to do something to help, and I can do that. I don't think that. You know, I would just be going up there in my, you know, 
tank top and holding my Slurpee and uh, my, my big well, and my uh, sunglasses, my aviators on. They're just kind of like looking out there, chewing on a straw and saying, on how close yep. you are So, like, if you had like technical expertise that like was useful in space, you would you would go. But like, if say you won one of the the free like civilian trips to just fly up into space, you wouldn't want to go. I'm saying that if if I if they were sending me as a civilian up into space, I would want to help in any way I can. Is guess what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but I'm, if you're on like well, one of those commercial flights, I mean, do a lot in space. Like when know. you go on an airplane, how much do you get to help the airplane? It's pretty much going to be the same thing for those commercial flights they're planning. Yeah, but they don't need to do research in airplanes. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I I am not interested in going into space just for the fact of getting to say, "Hey, I've been to space." Well, it's okay because uh, Ohio belongs to me and Skyflyer. It is our stomping ground, so you can just get your paws off of aviation, right? <laughs> now, when they get like FTL travel and we can go to other planets, I'm totally in. Like I'm first in line. But if it's just getting to leave the atmosphere, I'll pass. But then you have the fleet coming after you, and I have never been able to. Oh, the board. Oh, we can't go what? too far. We can't no, I'm referring to the, the video game FTL. Oh. I destroy that game. I, I actually, honestly, I, I've not played it more than like one or two playthroughs. I like it, but it just it's not been something I've played that I'm much not time a PC gamer. I can't for the life of me unlock the damn Crystal Cruiser or the Slug Cruiser, because I can never find the Slug Cruiser, and the Crystal Cruiser is a huge pain in the ass. But anyway, <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Crusader Kings 2 over the past few weeks. And yeah, that game is a time a time sink. Especially, it's gotten to the point to where, <coughs> excuse me, to where Civilization was, uh, Civilization Five, a few months ago, where I have sunk enough time into it that I understand most of what's going on. But uh, it's, it's at the point to where I can now play it for like twelve hours straight. Oh god, uh, I love those. And things. and it's still challenging enough to keep my interest, but it's also. <laughs> You know, I, I understand. I, I'm not getting as frustrated as I used to be. So that's a really dangerous part because that's how I lose like entire weeks of. I really, of really want to talk about Dark Souls, like, but I'm going to resist I'm, the temptation so we can get on to the question. I'm pretty darn certain I've existed for these two weeks, but I just don't know where they went. Exactly. Those that happened to me in uh, you know August or September. <laughs> Skyfly is trying to eat my microphone. So, so, so that's the secret, guys. Uh, for those of you who are wondering why we were gone for those two weeks in September, uh, part of it was uh, no, the whole no, technical no, stuff that happened. we were running into, but there was also a, a huge component of it that was Civ Five related. Uh, I so, am playing Assassin's Creed, and I am. So happy. we did get a bunch of emails in from people did that we? wanted to ask us questions. The people well, we actually got several. I didn't okay. say we got a bunch. Um, you, did, you literally said we got a bunch. bunch. Of cruncha. That is exactly what you said. Would you count six as a bunch? Captain Crunch. I think if you w- went to Target or Kroger's or whatever and bought six bananas, you crunch. could legitimately call that a bunch. Buildings go crunch. A bunch of buildings uh, go on crunch. On that horrible joke, let's get to the emails. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, how do hey! Uh, sorry, go ahead. Marvel? Yeah. It sounded like we were all about to start at the same time. We were. It's kind of what happens all the time. I was just asking how you wanted to do this. We got more than eight or six. We did? Five, six, seven. Yeah, we got eight. Oh, uh, this is the first one from Mycroft. Oh, you're Mycroft. right. My bad. Yep, the first one is from Mycroft. And I'll go ahead and start with that one. And then, uh, so, so those of you who are in the chat, uh, we're going to go ahead and do the emails first, and then we'll go to questions from the chat, if any. So think of the questions you have and uh, you know put them in there. We'll be looking at the chat for those questions to pull it once we're done with uh, the 
the emails for a while. So the first email is coming in from Mycroft, and that says, Hello, you wonderful giants. Mycroft, the Hi. orange bunny here with some stuff Hello. for you. First, I'm a relatively new listener. I started a few episodes back when Dragonian was getting over the plague, but hadn't heard, uh, healed his throat yet. <laughs> he said the plague. Oh, my God. That's pretty, pretty much what it was. Yeah. I associated that voice with a big, imposing, fearsome dragon. It worked well. Now that he's recovered, well, it doesn't sound the same. Aww. So basically, are you asking me if... I think this email is basically trying to get me to the point where we need to get dragons, uh, Dragonian sick again, right? We just, well, just, just for the record, this is the voice that I use you know, to be nice to people and lure them in. And then when they get close, I devour their souls. <laughs> All right. So I hope that answers Sharing the question you. about as far as assuring uh, that he's still terrifying and apt to go on a city-destroying rampage if not appeased. <laughs> and yes, he, he asked the Olympic questions. He said, second, you wanted Olympic questions? There's the obvious. In a world of macro, uh, massive size differences, what sort of team sport Olympic event could be designed and played that actually requires the cooperation of micros, uh, average sizers, and macros? Bonus points for a truly original sport, though modifications to existing events to make them mm. size inclusive would be cool too. So we kind of, and this, the fact that he only started listening recently, probably he missed this, but we did kind of talk about this back in episode eleven uh, when we were talking oh. about sports. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think focusing on the idea of cooperation, uh, you know, may may help a little bit here. I, and I remember we were talked about that a lot too, because um, we were talking about. Oh gosh, forgive me if I'm ter- if I'm tearing this apart. But was that the episode we had Frieder on? No, I'm almost, we, uh, no. Jacoby, 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 Jacoby. That's right. Jacoby. And it was basically uh, if there was soccer or something, like the macros would be the one that would be going down the field, kicking the ball, and the micros would be like scouters and things like that. Ugh. Yes, co-op, co-op sports and Olympics. The macro would be the bobsled! Yay! You just keep shooting triathlon, where you have a normal riding on a macro or a micro riding on a normal, where the normal or the macro is running an obstacle course, while the micro or the normal is sitting on top of their head or something, and they have to shoot targets with a rifle. Right. Hmm. I still like the idea of the micro in the golf ball. Uh, yes. That is steering it as it as it flies through the air. I like the idea, but I can't just stop thinking about how painful it would probably be to be yeah. in that thing. shock absorbers. Come on, <laughs> and still hear the impact could, and could, probably I rattle could, your brain. I could further, I could further anthro kind by having my paw barrier be subject subjected to experiments and testing, so that we could put that in things like the golf balls, so that they would be absolutely one hundred percent perfectly safe, even though they're getting completely driven down down. The fairway, four hundred yards. Barrier isn't real. Yes, it is. I am not. I am not the pyro. Yes, you are. I am not. Actually, no. Here's the one Olympic sport that we would have, and Kinson will be the first person to take part in it. We will have Olympic bug combat. Oh god. (laughs) We will bring back the Coliseum just for Kinson. And actually, that's it's funny you say that because that's actually around the time when the Olympics first started. So hey, well, Wyvern is uh, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that name right, but uh, mentioned something in the chat about uh, figure skating, macro micro figure skating, and I'm just thinking that what if the you know, the guy was the 
the micro and having to catch <laughs> this, uh, you know, this tiny little, uh, this huge uh, woman who is, uh, you know, a hundred times his size as she kind of flies and then throw him, uh, throw him, uh, throw her off. Skyflyer uh, and, and I are currently uh, applying for said sport. So can, you, can, can you skate, Kenson? I actually can, but not, not super. Not not like superb. Uh, for the first time in my life, I went with Cinna to Riverscape, which is an outdoor ice rink. And for the first time in my life, I didn't hold on to the wall. Yay. And I was actually doing great, but I fell like four or five times, and I fell on my right hip each time. And I got a bruise the size of Texas, literally. So you, you want to go from that to being Olympic an Olympic figure skater. skating? Yes, we can do it. <laughs> no pain, no gain. Okay, we'll come back to you when you're about 140 and see how you're doing then. Okay. All right. So supportive today, Kendry. Yeah, I'm being that's, supportive. That's, that's that's my big brother there, everybody. He loves me so. If I was not being supportive, I would say that you have no shot and you should go away and not try it. But I'm saying you. Instead, he's shooting me into an unrealistic uh, goal mindedness, goal mindset of being 140 years old, which will never happen. Yay! Which in a very roundabout way is telling me I will never be able to do it. That's not necessarily true. The future life expectancy (laughs) tends to get longer. Uh, In Futurama, you know the uh, I just just said I was watching Futurama by the way while I'm doing other stuff, but the I can't think of now the guy's name. The professor who's just a really old guy. That's that's uh, Fry's uncle or nephew. Yes, actually, yes. Professor Farnsworth. Professor Farnsworth. He's, you know, 160 or whatever in that show. So, you know, that could be, it makes sense that you could live to be that old. By the way, King Dead, uh, yes, they do make skates in my size. Uh, They would just have to be minimum Volvo size. But then again, that's roller skates. That's not ice skates. I could make them ice skates. Uh, How? I could take... Life doesn't work like... (laughs) (laughs) We could make it work. Yay. <laughs> leave me alone. Just leave right. me with my fantasies of awesomeness. I don't know. Uh, there is a okay. question here specifically for you, Kenson, and it says, I've heard mention of shieldy paws, which we were just talking about, so you don't accidentally hurt anyone. Can you talk more about that or summarize and point to more into uh, more info if you don't have time for a full explanation on air? I like hugging big paws, and it sounds cool to have one hug back without <gasps> making a mess. Oh my gosh, I would love to. Um, well, basically, when Jesus changed my life uh, and Kinson was uh, made, I wasn't the one that necessarily made him. Like, I could go in to explain that too, but man. Anyway, there's this thing about me since I am a macro and that's 100% a part of me, I'm gentle too. So the idea came to uh, mind when Jesus and I were talking about it, and it has to do with being absolutely protective, but being huge at the same time. How do you do that? Well, the idea of a protective barrier came up. Um, And I do mention it being around my paws, but it's also my entire body. It's a very, very fantasy thing. Dragonian likes to tromp all over it and say, oh, it could never happen. You're a pyro. But um, what it's about is... Every single ounce of bad that could possibly happen, like, you know, squish, smish, crush underneath a gigantic paw is actually, uh, it's transformed, quote unquote, or inverted into the opposite, which means all of that potential bad is tr- uh, inverted into a good feeling. So the bigger the stomp, the better the feeling. And the protective barrier, it protects everything living, 
but inanimate objects still go smoosh and crush and yay. Millions so. of dollars of property damage. That's actually, yeah, that's the downfall. But hey, I have Geico insurance. Got giants everywhere. Uh, giants everywhere insurance company. Yeah. Geico. Deductibles don't Woo. work like that. Yes, they do. <laughs> so I hope that answered your question. Um, there's more, but meh. That's pretty much it. That's the gist. Just so, come snuggle my paws. They're 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 safe and they're warm and they're cuddly and I they're open. So yay. Open for business. Unless Skyfly is on them because she kinda owns them. So, so uh there's one more thing here that uh microfries that's last. I've usually thought of microfurs starting around the three apples high, Mark, and smaller. Hmm. Are those three apples? apples? No. Uh, <laughs> is there a term for smaller furs that aren't quite that small? I've always thought of my character a little taller than half average in the three to four feet range. Are there many in the size community that occupy this mini fur niche? I figure it was just called runs. Runs? Not yeah. as a derogatory term, as a descriptive term. Yeah. That's a good candy, too, by the way. Ooh. Now it's I just not. Make... Runs are horrible. I like runs. Nonsensical segue activates. Yay! Well, I mean, I prefer nerds, but runs are good. Yeah, nerds are good. Nerds are so good. Oh, I mean, nerds are more like this. That made me think of Starry Aqua's tweet, like, want to go crush some nerds? My turn to crush some nerds now. Like, episode over. Here you go, Kevin. Well, nerds Here's are more like eating microbes because they're smaller, too. Say what? Kevin has 34 candy bars. He eats 29 of them. Now what does Kevin have? He has diabetes. Yeah. Since he ate 29 candy bars. And apparently Mycroft's in the chat also and says that uh, three oh, apples high is a traditional stated size of Smurfs. Ah, cool. I didn't Even though they typically seem to be way smaller than la, that. La, 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 I'm so glad your audio cut out while you were doing that, Kenson. Did it really? Yeah, I no. did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> no! We have All been right. blessed by the divine. Gosh. Okay. So. Okay, so thanks, Mycroft. Uh, I guess you're hearing this now since you're in the chat. Uh, but uh, that's true. It doesn't say what size of the apple. Uh, let's go on. Uh, do you have the... Uh, yes. Email. Do you guys have the email open? When we, when we did, uh, someone want to read the next one? Yes. Um, it's from Quan. Are you sure you want me to read it? <laughs> the other Quan. I don't think this is actually a question. One. This is an. Answer. Oh, well, it's it's it's. He replied to something that we uh, asked last episode. Okay. Yeah, specifically, we asked why. Okay, go for it. Or you do. Do you want me to read? Yeah. Eh? Um. He writes in, around my junior year of high school, I began writing erotic furry fiction. Oh, man. But I had a friend who watched me on FA. So I created a separate account for my pornographic and erotic-related uh, exploits. The old alias for my FA, now named Quan Alpinus, was Mystery Penguin. <laughs> penguin! Yes. It's a very penguin. A name that goes back as far as my second online handle I ever used. I always wanted to drop a subtle hint to my original page for my own silly enjoyment... So the letters MP were a must. However, that itself was too boring and most likely already taken. So military police, that's what I just thought of. So I threw around phrases in my head that described what the new adult profile was for. MMPW stands for Mega Macro Porn Writings. And now it's become my designated adult profile while my Quan Alpinus FA is used more for artistic pursuits. You're You're welcome. welcome. Quan Alpus slash MMPW (laughs) slash whatever the F up. Goodness. I like this guy. He's silly. Quan Al. Ah. Alpinus. I haven't really yeah, had very many like user handles. My very first original 
ever like pen name that I used online back when I started playing EverQuest was King Bahamut. And then I did Dragonian immediately after. The, oh, I had King Bahamut when I played Final Fantasy. Then in EverQuest, they wouldn't let me have something like King or Duke or anything like that in my name. So I changed it to Dragonian, and then that kind of just stuck. What about Khan? Could you be a Khan? No. Khan Dragonian? Khan? No. Okay, K- Is there K- an K- underscore between Quan and Alpinus? I wonder quietly to myself. I, I can't find his page on FA, so I don't know. Anywho. Uh, anyway, so next email. Next email. I'm on that it. One? I'm on it. It's from <gasps> Sylvan. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not saying his real name. Oh my goodness. It's weird because in one part of, of his... Oh, I guess it's because I know he's, he's labeled on my account. Never mind, go ahead. I am learning. Okay, so for Dragonian. Since dragons always depicted as... Uh, wait, since dragons are always depicted as macro-sized beings in folklore and mythology, exceptions notwithstanding, do you think that, by definition, all people with a dragon persona are, to some, de- to some degree, inherit- inherently macro? Do you want to answer that now, or do you want me to keep reading? Go ahead and say the whole thing. Okay. Well, no, we can... Uh... Well, that's actually the best, sorry. The rest of the email. Go ahead. Okay. Or not the email, but the paragraph. Go ahead. Okay. After all, the size is part of being a dragon, and therefore may mean that those who embrace dragons are always inherent, inherently interested in bigness. Yes, there are exceptions with some notable micro dragons in, in the fandom, but those do tend to be rather rare. That's a really good question. Well, it kind of depends on the way that you perceive what a dragon is supposed to be. Because there's a lot of ways that it can be taken. There's the face value where it's just, oh, look at it. It's just a big giant monster that just kills people and crushes stuff. Um, What a dragon's always meant to me is an expression of freedom in a unique sense of the word. Dragons are typically seen as, if not the, one of the most powerful mythical creatures in whatever fantasy or lore that they take up. But typically they're seen as either selfish or greedy or lazy or friendly. They're always an extreme to some extent. So in a way, dragons have always meant to me as a form of freedom because they're incredibly powerful. But instead of using that power to, like be a douche all of the time. A lot of the time, dragons are portrayed as just doing whatever they want, which sometimes can mean being a douche, but doesn't always mean that. So it's more about dragons having the power to live their life exactly how they want to, whether, rather than it being, you know, just dragons are just powerful douchebags. So, in some ways, I can see there, there kind of is a macro connection, because yes, dragons typically are considered to be large, but at the same time, I feel that if you're taking at least what I feel is the primary aspect of what a dragon means, I don't think it necessarily has to have a macro aspect to it, because there are more like aspects to what makes a dragon considered quote-unquote powerful than just its size. That's a really good answer. And that's actually what I think of, too, when I think of dragon. I think of the bigness... But what you just said matches perfectly to what I've always thought about dragons. Because, yes, I joke about it and I say, oh gosh, dragon, no, you're, you're so bad, you're so humiliating. No, um, I love dragons. I'm going to go ahead and say, flat out, dragons are one of my favorites. Uh, any type of creature that's ever been either <clears throat> made, I believe they existed or have existed. But, meh. but any creature, period. Like, everything about them is... It is extreme. It is, uh, there is very good. There's very bad. There's very in between. There's, there's light. There's dark. There's big. There's small. It basically exactly what you just said. 
dragons don't really have a set quota. You can think of them stereotypically, but even that stereotype isn't really valid because there's others. But stereotypes don't even really fit with them. So, And one thing that's very rare in most dragon mythology and stories is dragons are very rarely deceitful. Like, with the exception of the occasional, like, them changing their mind, which I wouldn't consider deceitful. Be more like they're very, they'll, they'll very rarely outright lie to you or trick you or do something, like, underhanded like yes, that. Yes, because there's, like, a creed. Uh, it's, for, not even, well, it's not even just a creed. It's just a dragon is blunt and direct and forward, and they go exactly for what they want. They don't follow, yeah. like, the, the rules or the laws of anything else around them, whether it be a person's laws, morality's laws, or a kingdom's rules. They f- do exactly what they want to do, and they follow their own passions, whatever they may be. Now, let's so go you know ahead who and else does that, that back around, though. Well, you know what? who else does that? Serial My killers. mom! Oh. <laughs> okay. Regular show. But no, no, no. no. To, to be serious, um... Do you do you think that maybe causes dragons to be a, a little bit too serious about themselves or to take themselves too seriously, I guess? Kind of narcissistic. It depends on what their their passions and views are. Some of them absolutely. Yes. I mean, if their if their views are about just portraying their power and making themselves feel and seem powerful, then absolutely. But at the same time, some dragons don't feel like that. Sometimes dragons just want to be left alone or sometimes dragons feel benevolent or sometimes dragons just want to hoard books and knowledge. It's the, the thing about dragons is they don't have like a set like way that they all act. Right. They have a set way that they go about what they do when they're acting. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say a very, very bold statement. Forgive me if this isn't accurate in any sense, but I just I feel it may be at least a little bit. Dragons represent the introvert in life because in their own mind, in their own self-worth, their own view – they are the ones that create themselves. They do not rely on the energy of others necessarily. Like you said, with uh, either they hoard books or they hoard something. Not even necessarily hoarding. Like they create their own image and they're out, not outcast so much as they just choose to not deal with the rest of society. Not because they don't like them, but because they realize that society isn't really going to do anything for them that they can't do for themselves. Well, I think that's very true because you think you know, drag- dragons are always depicted as you know living by themselves, living yes. solitary lives, mm-hmm. uh, living kind of far away, having uh, a, you know a keep or, or some sort of. But see, that that's that's a thing that about dragons that I would always just I'd be like, no, let me come up to you and struggle you because and then I love you. He would you. <laughs> fry you to a crisp and eat you. See, just I okay. Aragon, I know that the movie was absolutely uh, terrible, but the books are fantastic. Um, I do love Christopher Paolini still, one of my favorite art, uh, authors. Um, but Aragon with Sephira and the entire Inheritance trilogy, my favorite dragon has, that has ever existed ever is Sephira. She's so everything that I'd ever wanted a dragon to ever be. Just just throwing it out there. Sorry. Welcome to the Dragon Cast, everybody. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get into that book series because you'll start disliking me. Okay. So anyway, moving. Let's on go ahead and move on to the next one. I'm going to read this part since it's a question for Kenson. Okay. Since the podcast began, you seem to have started embracing different aspects of macro, including hmm. vor, crunch and munch, and crunch and munch. <laughs> I want this to be an actual <laughs> canon term in the macro micro. At micro. There is no more hard vor. There is only crunch and munch. Crunch and munch. Okay. Uh, is this? Is this just a? Pr- 
Is this just a perception or is it really a change? Is that due to you being exposed to more types of ideas or more types of people in the fandom? Now, I, w- I want to say this before you answer, <laughs> even though the question is to you. It seems – I'm not sure if I agree that it's happened since uh, since the podcast started because I remember – you first talking about like working with Beharit uh, at AC <laughs> and going into you know becoming more void because of that, and that would have been right before the podcast too. Sparky started. Sparky the Jew, he has a lot to do with it too. But you know, okay, bear with me. It's not going to be a super long-winded explanation, but I do have to get this out. It's it's not necessarily that it's something that's happened over the over a recent amount of time. Ever since I've been in love with uh, macro micro things. Uh, dating all the way back to when I was very, very young uh, and I was obsessed with Godzilla and everything. <clears throat> I'm a boy. I am a male. And you can go ahead and Are you say, sure? I'm not, I think maybe the tail end of the podcast yeah. last, uh, last week maybe put some, uh, some, some question it. into that. Stop it. No, it was a period. Don't you remember? Not a question mark. Anyway, um, so... Uh, I am a male, therefore I have a side of me that does relish in the, the the man side of things, as in like blowing stuff up, as in doing rough, tough things, and I'm going to go ahead and admit, destruction is really appealing to me. And yeah, it does make me very much go murder. Uh, there's a side of me that I don't really like to show because it's not the side of me that is... Like the side that I am social with, because yes, it's there, but I am very gentle. I'm very loving. I like to observe that kind of stuff. I I do like partaking. Beheret has kind of done that in certain other ways. I guess when I met him at his, he says, "Yeah, um, it's it's fun." And I know that all of this is in role play. All of it, none of it's real. It'd be. So much different if it was actually happening in real life. No, I wouldn't even come close to doing anything like that. But since it's RP, since it's just roleplay and it's fantasy and it's made up, yeah, there is a lot of times when I escape into my brain and I'm like going on a complete rampaging destruction fest. And yeah, I mean, that's it's not something that's so much recent as it is something that it's not really suppressed so much as it is it's my own little thing, I guess. I just haven't really shown it much. So it, it, the reason why it's come out more recently is because I know that you all know me now. You, you know that I'm not <clears> – you know me enough so that I can do that kind of stuff, I guess. So that um, makes me watching. really curious and interested uh, for something when we get to the email Sheboygan sent in. Oh, goodness. Gregorio knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) All right, uh, move on to the next uh, part of the email that Sylvan sent in, and uh, who wants to read that? I'll read it. Okay. For everyone. No, you skipped me! Wait, oh, did I? (laughs) Okay, fine, sorry. Uh, For Quandry, how about Whimper... Whimper. Gregory, can you read this, please? (laughs) How about Winter? We've already established that Kenson cannot read, so... I'm cuddling a sky flyer. Well, maybe maybe you should be focusing on the podcast. How about a Winter Olympics game for macros called Downhill Speed Skating? Uh Uh-oh. You could attach a luge to each of a macro's foot, dig two trenches down the side of a mountain, and see which macro can make the twisting high-speed run the fastest without falling and wiping out everyone within a 300-yard radius. Side note. Huh? (laughs) What? 
<laughs> Nothing. Oh, uh, I think you have to say it now. Oh my god. <clears throat> oh gosh. Okay. Side note. Yes, four years ago was the Vancouver. That, that's right. It was Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, the Winter Olympics with a horrible luge crash. Yeah, I, I've seen them mentioning it on the on the. Sochi, I remember uh, watching Olympics. that live. Oh. Well, that was. Wasn't that in a... It wasn't like a trial. It wasn't in, I don't think... Yeah, it actual, wasn't the actual race. It was just a trial. So why would you have been watching that live? And there was like a piece of ice that just wasn't... No, it just... Yeah. It, yeah. Oh. Anyway. Oh. Um, <clears throat> okay. I, uh, eh? I don't know what the actual question here is. Well, but, just, what What are your thoughts on the, uh, the downhill speed skating, I guess? I guess he's asking yes or no. Yes or no? Maybe so? You know, I think <laughs> that... I said it would last two seconds. In one way or another, sure. uh, it, it seems like you would need a pretty big mountain. I don't know if there's necessarily a mountain that's big enough to make that interesting. Everybody knows Everest. that mountains aren't very big. Oh, done. Yeah, you know, if we had every Olympics in Nepal, which mm. is probably not realistic, then maybe that would work. But even then, I mean, Everest is actually something where you don't actually have it, like Kilimanjaro might work better, uh, or K two. Uh, because of how how much of a peak you have, you know, with with Everest, yes, it's the highest, but there's lots of really high other mountains that are around it, uh, so you don't get that much of a kind of a, a slope downward. Uh, right. So may, maybe Kilimanjaro might work better because you have yeah. it's basically just rising out of uh, the African uh, plain thing wherever yeah. it is. And you know what I want to do now? I want to draw a picture or get a commission of Noms and me. Basically, macro, not super huge, but like maybe 50 feet tall, like going down a mountain like an SSX. Because, yes, avalanche, but hey, we're huge. Let's do it. Word. Is that the thing from Ski Freed? What? Nothing. <laughs> okay, so for everyone, I think the discussion of language in episode 17.5 was interesting and got me thinking about race and cultural bigotry slash discrimination amongst macros and micros. While this was, in part, discussed in your sociology episode, how would you think that the unique conditions of being bigger than the majority of your environment, smaller than a majority of your environment, or trapped as normal in an environment with macros and or micros would give rise to unique elements of discrimination? Then, keeping in mind that science influences everything, not just the problems, how would size difference provide opportunities to overcome discrimination? Yours truly, or yours, Sylvan Scott. We kind of covered that in the psychology episode, in a way. I think we covered that in like three or four different episodes, actually. Yeah. About it. Well, um, um, everyone would be jealous of the big people, the little people would feel useless, and the normal people would be awkward at parties. There we go. There we go. Answer the little people would end up in everyone's drinks at the parties. Awkward at parties. Yeah. Little little people would end up getting drunk at the parties because they try to get some of the. uh, I see what you you did there. Cocktail. Yeah. Well, drunk in more ways than one. Um, Double pun. Okay. Um, But like, yeah, the whole thing with. um, But like. Oh gosh. I like I like to think of the contrast though. Like the macros being so. Like, people are jealous, but then the macros don't use their powers for, like, the stompy destruction or whatever. They're actually trying to get along with society and things. But then we talked about, oh, what happens if society just doesn't let up? And that macro eventually begins to believe that he is a monster, and so he becomes a monster. So, I mean, there's the rehabilitation thing we talked about, too. So, Well, I think there's also a uh, an interesting idea from there that would be something like, 
going off the language thing that we were talking about last week, what about like macro, micro civil rights movement? Uh, oh. you know, something where there's like marches on Washington and, and, and how would marches that be? Marches on Washington. Yeah, uh. literally, I guess if you're a macro. Uh, or, or, or the being marched on uh, <laughs> in Washington. If, 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 for, if no you're team. micros. I am team macro. Rawr. Um, wait a minute. You know, I just thought of something really funny. A nonviolent macro protest. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, Kenson. Yay. Wear my pants. It's like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, nothing. <laughs> that's help not out here. the same thing, and neither of those have anything to do with each other or what we were talking about. I don't. So heard. I guess that means we need to move on to the next one. Do you want to read this one, Dragonian? Yes. From a Do we really want to? Do we want to read the first part, or do you just want to read uh, the question? This was, they specifically said not to read it, so... <laughs> yeah. I still think it's interesting, but okay. I mean, if you want to read it, you can. Um, but I don't no. think it's anything they would... Ataki says being made up of a bunch of mega giant people as universes would be awkward. There we go. <laughs> awkward. Socially <laughs> awkward. It would be really awkward at parties. Really awkward at parties. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to become, like, a catchphrase? Well, like it would have been if you hadn't pointed it out there. You can't point out something and make it become a catchphrase. Fine. Yeah. You just you Fine. just killed it there. Well, let I thought it I would sneak there. in an Olympics-related question to all of you since that was almost the topic of the episode. <laughs> what event would each of you like to see in a macro Olympics? Though we've kind of been asked that like twice. Should we? Okay. <laughs> I obviously would be attracted to some sort of growth event. Well, that's something we haven't talked about. Framed as a race to get to a certain size. We'd be around forever trying to see who could be the biggest. That would be fantastic, actually. It would be like, um, I just thought of weightlifting for some reason. Like, combine that with weightlifting. Like, you have to grow to a certain size, and then you have to lift a certain amount of weight. And then you can't grow to the next size until you've successfully lifted that weight. But the maximum height limit for that, there's like a maximum height limit for that, for that specific set of weights or something. Well, and I think then, there's also you know, something, an idea that we, I think we talked about maybe this before, but... Uh, having some sort of race where you were inherently like 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 if you if you destroyed something or caused some kind of damage yes. you got bigger, yes. but yes. the bigger you got, the more damage you would destroy, and the and the goal was not to get big, but it was kind of hard to right. avoid that. Right, like you start off at like fifty feet tall, and you have to be nimble and quick, like kitties. Yay, mega kitties would win it all. Uh, but uh, like they would probably start off at a bigger size anyway. Like doing a sprint down the street, trying to not destroy things, which would be completely ironic for a macro. Which would or make having it fun. hurdles, you know, having uh, having to hurdle. Oh my uh, Something, and if you knock over a hurdle, skyscraper hurdles. Yeah, you get bigger, which makes you more likely to. Well, actually, I guess that makes it easier to step over the hurdles. I want to point something out real quick to King Dead in response to what he's been saying in the chat. I totally mentioned something like that in an episode in the past. It's a collar that a macro wears. Hey, Dragonian, if you're, going to it, if you're going to reference something in the chat, can you at least t- tell what you are talking about, what you're referencing that he said, so that people uh-huh. in the chat He's talking know about it. some sort of voice dampening slash amplification system that would exist like a collar so that macros and micros and normals can all communicate. Yes. And I totally thought of a way that it could work. 
Because there's a working theory in science right now where if you can take one sound and you play the exact same sound in opposite to it, the two sounds would cancel each other out. Yep, so what you uh, have is you have a small implant in your neck that records everything that you say and would transfer it to a collar that you wear around your neck. So whenever you start speaking, that little implant tells your collar like the frequencies that you're saying and it projects those back. So basically it cancels out everything you says and then it takes the recording that it took of your voice and plays that through speakers in the collar at a more modulated level so that it doesn't break everyone's ears. That'd be Boom. Got it. That's, I believe the term for that, correct me if I'm wrong, wave diffraction or wave um, interference or something like that. So. Yeah, that's actually 100% scientifically accurate, too. I've heard of that. And that's pride myself. Finally, that's finally, something is physics and science that works with macros. Yes. But the problem is going to be is that wouldn't it, unless the macro stays uh, exactly still that the micro That's would true. suffer from the Doppler effect of the sound kind of going past them and, and, and That's you know, very that, true because you know, in order... No, because cause the biggest problem that you have with like a macro, like talking to a normal person or a micro, it's not like it's not what they're saying. It's that their voice is, is uh, filled with so much bass and is so loud right, that, would be the that they can't understand though. it. But what it would be is the caller cancels out what they're actually saying. So technically, you don't hear them talk. And then the caller will uh, project like what they're saying through like speakers, kind of like on a loudspeaker, in a more modulated tone that normal people can understand, adjusting for that bass and volume. You, you know, that would almost be cool. Process. Well, that would almost be cool like in real life, I- I- ignoring macros and macros completely, mm-hmm. because that way you could like hold, if you, if you routed it to headphones, you could hold conversations <laughs> with somebody in you know, the middle of a crowded room and no one would be able to hear what you're saying. Unless they could lip read, they wouldn't, That's they so wouldn't cool. hear the conversation. Why don't we just invent telepathy? <laughs> well, that's almost there. Uh, that, that, yes, that idea. It's pretty fantastic. And, like, what I was thinking was, how can you, like, I'm sorry to have to have you explain the whole first part of it again, but how would you have a macro's voice? Because when you speak, there are, like, the sound waves in the air are being vibrated from your vocal cords. So you said you'd have an implant in your vocal cords? or Yeah, like, they would have, like, an implant in their vocal cords that's surgically implanted there so it can record okay. what you're saying as it's being said. But then the moment that you start speaking it, the collar that is on the outside of your neck Got it. would project those frequencies back into your throat so none of that sound actually came out. But what if it's not even a collar? What if it's something that's more cosmetic? Because if you took off the collar, you'd be mute. <laughs> I mean, so, you can decorate it however the hell you want. Anyway. So we're way past anything that was being emailed about. So <laughs> now, now you're uh, pushing it, little Kenson. Let's sorry, go on to I'm the close. next email, which is coming in from Sheboygan Bojangles. Which, <laughs> by the Best way, name ever. I totally, when I was looking at uh, up the email list earlier, I totally read this as Sheboygan Gaujangles, which I think is a better name, anyways. That's just what I'm going to call him from now on. Dare you? I mean, okay. Hey there, casters of size. Your unfriendly neighborhood-sized bison here. Yeah. Just wanted to say how much Crux and I enjoyed being on the Valentine's Day episode. Uh, it, actually, that reminds me. How was your guys' Valentine's Day? I wanted to ask that. Oh, my gosh. it's It was fantastic. We actually celebrated it the day before. We celebrated on Thursday because Sky and I both were too busy on Friday. But we cuddled, watched Inuyasha, Drew, ate a whole bunch of foodstuffs, went on a rampagey, stompy, strolly, destruction, yay, and gave each other presents. So, it was awesome. Piconian, how was yours? Mine was a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of how mine was. Uh, you know, because I'm sure those of you who don't know Zev, uh, you know, he being Jewish, he does go offline on Fridays uh, for Shabbat uh, or the Sabbath from about 
5 p.m. on uh, Friday to about 6 p.m. on Saturday. So I got to talk to him a little bit during the day, but didn't really get the didn't conversation with him at night because he was in Canada and I'm in Texas. Hey. Can't really do talk there without the aid of the internet. So basically, mine just kind of <laughs> became a Friday. Also, he doesn't really care about <laughs> the only thing that was different between that friday and any other friday that i have is i had to listen to a bunch of people complain about singles awareness day but i nice. did order a uh, heart-shaped pizza from papa john's <gasps> which was the worst experience i've ever had with papa john's and actually pissed me off so much that i wrote actually i wrote a, a email <laughs> or a comment to uh, papa john's corporate because a the pizza itself it wasn't sliced, so I actually had to cut it myself or slice it. And all of my slices were in the dishwasher, which was running at the time. Um, all my pizza slicers. Uh-huh. Uh, B, it was like the third time in a row that Papa John's took an hour longer than their estimate to actually get the pizza to me. So almost two hours to get the pizza to me. Um, I've never had that issue. There must be something it, shitty about it. I think it's the store. That, and and this, yeah, yeah I, I basically mentioned in the email that, hey, I want... This other store is much better. It's actually technically closer to me. Let me order from them online to, for delivery, but they won't let, you know, whatever is happening that was happening. Anywho, besides you know, that. You know what today is, though, right? Happy days. Chocolate goes on sale. Yay! Ooh, I should have gone to CVS before the podcast. I it's need to get so much chocolate now. It's not oh, yeah, I think it closes at 10 and it's 9.56, so probably not going to be open in the next few minutes. But maybe tomorrow. I'm going to talk tomorrow. Okay, so that's not what Smokey went in about, but he did. But uh, chocolate! It goes on to say, it was a real blast. Would happily do it again anytime you need an extra set of stompy paws. Oh, hey. So since this is... Since this Stop is the- stealing my life, <laughs> damn it! That's true. I think uh, that's Dragonian's uh, catchphrase according to our yet-to-be-released you know, saying uh, that ad. I'm saying the outro now. Go ahead and charge me a quarter, then. I'm Sheesh. saying the outro today. Can so no! since this is the Q&A episode, I'll shoot off a few. So the whole cast and listeners in general, does anyone know of any macro-themed events or gatherings happening oh. at TFF? Yes, actually. There's the stomp on the town, apparently. Yes. And it is, there's also the uh, Size Matters cast. <gasps> Wait a minute. Big Brother. Yes. Whispering, probably not going to be included in the actual podcast, or maybe it will be. But weren't we live streaming? Having- the, 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 you realize we're live streaming, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of why I said it. Um, but... Were we talking about having a macro party in our room? Weren't we? I mentioned it. That was before I became on staff. Also, but that's only one day, though, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, I, I would still like to try that. Um, mm. A lot of that has to do with whether, uh, at least in my mind, a lot of it has to do with whether or not we get upgraded to the suite. Uh, we were kind of on a standby list for upgrading for the room we're in. Okay. Um, what? We need to have a macro party at TFF somewhere, I guess. Well, there's also something. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, anywho. Um, so the, there's some ideas. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the TFF stuff towards the end of the podcast when we're wrapping up. In the end of the podcast. In regards to the podcast itself, when were you guys uh, going to do an episode on the love-hate relationship between Macro and Vor? Oh, goodness. What are your favorite types of Vor? How would a Macro's diet affect his integration into society? Hmm. Beyond so you, the, you know, the we look beyond what would actually happen to enjoy the act of it, I don't really think that a macro's diet would be too different from an oil person's, with right. the exception of the more limited palate that they would have simply due to their size and the right. quantity that they would need. Yeah, the I, quantity, sorry. So I don't I think, do. with the, with a few exceptions of like mythical creatures like dragons and stuff like that, most creatures probably wouldn't be able to digest concrete and metal and things like that. I, so I don't can. think in. Woot. 
Pyro. <laughs> so I don't think that in reality, like if there were actual micros and macros, most of them would be able to go around eating stuff like buildings and signs and lampposts. And Unless stuff like you're that. a devil, Todd, then you eat everything. Technically, you could eat people, but if you know anything about cannibals, there's a specific and very not fun diseases you get from eating cannibals. Well, also, mm. you know, if, if you focus too much on meat-based things, uh, people or whatever, uh, you are more likely to face uh, digestion problems and have, mm. uh, you know, things that could potentially lead to... Uh, hemorrhoids or that was kind of well. You could just eat broccoli. I mean, oak trees. I mean, what? <laughs> so since we were talking about the dragon cast, until we're going to share something about dragons. Do you guys know why it is that dragon scales are typically considered so incredibly valuable in most lores that they're in? No, because they weigh a lot know- less than the dragon bones, and yet sell for about as much. Do you know why it is that dragons are actually known for hoarding gold and jewels and valuable metals? No, because they eat and and oh, yeah, you, you told really? me this before. Okay, I think yes, you may have actually dra- mentioned this on the podcast before. I, I think I, I made I the same Skyrim joke it, reference whenever you did it. But if I haven't, in draconic lore, uh, most dragons typically eat like valuable metals or things like that to strengthen their scales. They digest the metal it and they're used to make their giant. scales. Oh. So when they eat things like silver and platinum and gold, all that metal is put into their scales and that's why they're so valuable because it takes out all the softer and the weaker parts of the metal and it only keeps the, the best parts of the metal in there to make their scales pristine, shiny, and powerful. Hmm. Awesome. So if they eat diamonds, that makes it even more, I'm guessing. Cool. Yes. Cool beans. What if they eat adamantium? Oh gosh, moving on. Um, and I do want to try to do a episode kind of centered around Vor uh, at some point. I, I this will probably be something. <laughs> Sorry. This will probably be something that one of you two will have to spearhead more, just because I am not into Vor really that much, and uh, I, I don't want to necessarily. It's not that I am not interested in it; it's just I don't necessarily know where to go for that kind of thing. Well, we also have kind of talked about doing an episode about like actual macro micro dietary needs and culinary stuff and cooking and food. That's something that will be in the future as well. Yes. And uh, in that kind of uh, ballpark, I would also like to do a hyper episode too. I'll see you guys later for that one. Uh. (laughs) Nope. We're going to surprise that. We're going to make you on there and you're going to have to be on there. Uh, So, a question for Quandry. I'll go ahead and read this since I'm already reading this. What's a panda's favorite liquor, and what do you think of micros as garnishes? So, liquor. Uh, if you count liqueurs, <laughs> liqueurs, which uh, you know, just saying it like that makes me want to slap you. <laughs> well, no, that's an actual term. It's a different term than liquor. But Sounds French. Southern Comfort is probably my favorite uh, thing. Like, if if I didn't have any alcohol at home and I wanted to get something, and I just wanted to go with like. The thing that I know would give would, would I be enjoy the most would probably be something comfort. I tend to try to get a variety of things. Uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely more into bourbons than anything else, and and other brown liquors. Uh, like I did bourbon. I did end up getting a <laughs> bottle of Mervin? kinky. Did you really say bourbon, Dragonian? Yes, I did. Oh gosh, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. As far as macros on as garnishes. I think that, that did I say macros? Okay, yeah, macros we, garnishes. We all do it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, the thing about garnishes is that they're supposed to kind of add a bit of a flavor or a you know there's supposed to be some sort of food element to it, uh, even if you don't actually eat the. Need to be garnish. fuzzy paws, make it vanilla. 
Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what garnish? I mean, maybe a fuzzy paws would work. <laughs> it's it's only his tail, though. I believe is vanilla. Well, I'm also just not a huge fan of uh, flavored micros. I guess tequila. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you soak somebody in tequila, and Good then enough. you take them and soak them in bourbon and vodka. And at the end of the day, you have a Long Island iced tea. But it's Volk- a micro. Uh, Replace the worm and tequila with a micro. I know. Oh, gosh. <sighs> yeah, I don't know hardly anything about uh, liqueurs or any type of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I really have nothing to add to this. Lo siento mucho, mi amici. Noble Espanol. I picked the wrong time to put a big chunk of beef jerky in my mouth. Um, oh. For Dragonian, describe your idea for the perfect macro video game. Oh, goodness. This is really difficult to do because there's a bunch of different ways you can make a macro video game, and it really depends on the genre that you could make. A fighting game, they already made pretty damn close to what I think would be the perfect one, and that was War of the Monsters back on the PS2. Mm. If they remade that with better graphics and a better engine allowing them to do more with it, that would be on awesome. PS4, or um, not on a PS4, but like PC with best graphics. Like there are action-adventure games that you could have where like it's kind of like scale, except you know it's more about like smashing stuff and you know world destruction and things like that. There are RPGs you could make where you could have like a whole storyline about like someone growing wildly out of control. I would, love that. I would love it's that. I would love that. One of the things, if they were going to make a video game about macro-micro stuff, um, micro stuff they've actually done a lot with, so I'm not too focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the macro stuff, they very rarely focus on like what actually happens when you're big, like especially as a long-term effect, and they never, ever, ever, ever focus on the growth at all. Like there yeah. needs to be like yeah. either one of the main mechanics yeah. of the yeah. game is the yeah. size changing, yeah. or like at the very least it should be a big part of the game, or at the very least show me some good growing scenes. So you know, what, one idea that like I have analytical. One idea I have for this that I think would be a really awesome thing to see would be a RPG, whether it's a JRPG or, or an R, uh, Western RPG. That it, I think JRPG would probably work better though. That hmm. that is a you have this huge creature that is you know destroying the world basically, and it's up to your heroes to grow big enough to hmm. uh, battle it over the course of the game. And so, like each time you level up, you gain you know a certain <laughs> amount of that's uh, so of height. cheesy but awesome. Okay, so the hero isn't growing to fight her, but there is a game exactly like that. I don't know the Japanese name, but it's called Destruction Girl, and it's all about a girl who an alien comes down and grows her gigantic and makes her start rampaging across the city and you have to go stop her and you're like flying in a big helicopter and you're oh shooting gosh. at her and stuff. That's so awful. there is something almost exactly like but that. No, because that's not exactly like that at all because the, yeah. the main thing that makes that anything unique is the idea of growing when you, when you level up. Yeah. And that's not in part of that thing that you just said at all. You know... I was thinking just it's interesting that Mr. Bojangles you wrote in and asked this because I was thinking just on the way over here uh over to the apartment when I was getting on the bus I'm like I, like I've I was thinking about macro video games and I'm like I have never seen one in a way that I could just play for hours and hours. I mean, yes, there's the fighting games. Yes, there's the Godzilla save the earth and the Destroyer Monsters Melee and the War of the Monsters and all that kind of stuff. But, like, what you were saying with the RPG, Big Brother, I would love for there to be a game, like, 
I don't know if it's good to say like Final Fantasy style. I'm guessing it's more like the quality, but it'd be like like an RPG, full on, full character, full storyline. Wait, wait, you're, you're saying like Final Fantasy, so you want it to suck? <laughs> no, that's why I was saying I'm not sure if it's okay to say that. I guess there is one of those. I'm talking about what? There is one. What are you talking about? What? It's called Giantess High School. What? Someone made it in an RPG Maker 3. It's a full-length uh, Final Fantasy-style RPG, turn-based and everything, well, about a guy that goes to a high school and oh. ends up getting screwed around with a size-changing device. Ugh. Well, I mean, like, it, it's probably asking for something completely monumental and not even possible, I guess. Maybe it's possible, but it'd take a lot of work. But, like, a fully customizable character... Fully like in depth RPG storyline, one that works like Mass Effect, in which different things you do affect different things. Pretty much completely open world. You have the entire planet Earth or a big part of it to just roam around in and do stuff. And like, um, like combining games like Bully if you're in school, or like com- combining other stuff like like open world RPG like Skyrim or something, and then the fully customizable. It's a lot to ask for, but that would be my version of a perfect macro game. Truthfully. So, there was kind of... I was about to say that kind of makes me think... mutant Bully makes me think of doing something like a Grand Theft Auto or a Saints yep. Row, but there is kind of that in Saints Row 4. Uh, <laughs> yes. maybe, not, yeah. maybe not... It's not a full part of the game, but it's yeah. uh, at least a segment of it. We you know what? Grand Mer Macro. There, there needs to be... Um, <laughs> by that time, there needs to be like... You know how the Virtual Boy was a complete and utter flop? Like, there needs to be an actual working version of something like that. Like the Oculus Rift? Yeah, that's that's exactly what's already happened. Oh, Have you, yeah. heard, have you heard of okay. the Oculus Rift? No Googling how, now. How have you not heard of the Oculus I Rift? I may have. I just don't know titles of things. It's... It was, it's The thing is, it's not released yet. You know, it's, it's still kind of in beta. Um, but it's basically something that it's going to be... Like you would be using in in a PC game, but you wear it on your on your face and you look around and you get to see the world around you. Really, so it's, okay. it's exactly what you're talking about, basically. That would yes, like I that for a game like that. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at their site now. Fantastic, awesome. Uh, b- like big, a game uh, like it's that being would be big push uh, by. Uh, is it Romero or Carmack? One of the guys from ID. I'm um, not sure because I think, I think okay. it's Carmack, but it may be Romero. Didn't like the the head guy die and then he got replaced. Romero and Carmack, I'm almost positive, are still alive. I think one of them just left Iv, or Iv, Id, uh, a few months ago. Because I know someone that was, like, major, a major part of the Oculus stuff died in, like, a car accident or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, okay, yeah, I thought you were talking about either Romero Anywho, or John Romero uh, oh, or... But um, the, it would be perfect to have, like, It's software is, like, like half a mile from where I live, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. So, yeah, we talked a lot about that. Goodness. Okay, so uh, the next part of the email, uh, Kenson, he uh, he wants to have you read something there. Can you go ahead and read that, please? All right. Uh, <laughs> you said you'd read anything as long as it doesn't have any swear words in it. And this yes, have any swear words you're in right. It. Okay. I have no shame. It's a good thing Sky is asleep. Wait, uh, no, wake her up. Nope. And for Kenson, please re- please repeat the following. And then I smashed my giant cheetah cock through the office building, moaning as I felt the squirms of its occupants against my shaft. It wasn't long before I was flooding the halls with my sticky cheetah spunk. Chirp, chirp, purr. Thank you. Oh, thank you, sounds. <laughs> you really? I know. 
I know what I am listening to tonight before I go to sleep. I'm Anywho, so, I'm so done with you guys. Disturbing. I'm gonna go. I, I'm, I'm turning in uh, my position here on size matters. If anyone would like to uh, to join, <laughs> please. I need your badge and gun. <laughs> Goodness, and my mustache. Yeah. Shiboy gets gonna be so happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no reason why. Uh, I'll finish, I'll, I'll finish the part here. No reason Save why. Me. Just trying to corrupt. Y'all have a great time and see you at the con. Shiboy and Bojangles. Mataki, well, you are my only problems. hope. Save me. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> I really didn't think you were going to make him do it. You're mean. Yeah, I'm mean. You yeah, yeah, you are. All You're the one. Did you not want him to read that? I didn't make him <laughs> didn't do anything. You actually would. That's why I kept my mouth shut. Uh, if, he had, if he had dug his heels in, I would have. Anyway, let's move on. They're just <laughs> words, guys. I didn't even understand a word I just read. So, moving on. And that's different from normal how? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so next email's coming in from Thunder Draymond. It's that big plant dragon. Hey, Thunder here. Because I keep forgetting and Dragonian was hounding me to go do this since I forgot, here's a few scattered questions for the three of you. Quandry, any sort of aspects from your character, or characters in this case, that you randomly see yourself mimicking in real ah. life from choice of clothing, color preference, etc.? Uh... I don't. I mean, each of the characters kind of already was designed to be a part of my personality. Uh, I don't think that there's been any character aspect that I have like that was not a part of my personality that I incorporated back, incorporated into it. If that makes any sense. I mean, in general, I think that I've become more outgoing and just playful since creating quandaries. So maybe that would be a, you know an aspect of it but i don't know and now no one else is talking are you guys still there uh-huh okay. just <laughs> is there anything you guys you since that you've noticed that i have done that i'm just not thinking of well i mean back when you were tal i noticed things more i guess but you've you, you've been Quan for less time than you've been tal but i think Quan represents you a lot more so i think when it comes to just you being yourself I can't really pick out anything in particular because it's just you. So if that, any of that made yeah. sense, <laughs> As, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's kind of hard to say that I'm mimicking them uh, that aspect in real life because it's more that the characters are just representing me. That aspect of me. I've probably mm-hmm. started being more nude around the apartment since. Oh goodness. <laughs> It's so fluffy. No. Uh, the other other question um, he asked for me is the worst experience with alcohol. Oh goodness! Uh, there's two to come to mind. Probably the worst one though is Thanksgiving evening or Thanksgiving evening, Thanksgiving Eve, the night before Thanksgiving, mm. uh, <laughs> two thousand four. I had recently started taking Prozac because I. The, the, I'm sorry, this was two thousand. Yes, yeah, two thousand four. No, two thousand three. The date is not important. Freshman year in college. Uh, recently started taking Prozac uh, from seeing a psychiatrist there in college, or generic Prozac. And I had come back to, flew back to Louisville, uh, my hometown, from Dallas, because I was going to school in Dallas. And uh, a bunch of my high school friends had gotten together uh, at one of my friends' apartments. And I was, you know, 18, 19. Uh, there was 
alcohol there. Uh, I think we were all underage because we were all around the same age. Um, but there, I, I had had some experiences with alcohol before. I, I wasn't by no means that knowledgeable on it just because I just mm. didn't have that much exposure to it. And uh, I started getting, I started drinking like a beer. And then afterwards had a, uh, a, a Jack and a Jack and Coke, I guess, Jack Daniels and Coke, uh, which goes the opposite way you're supposed to go. You know, you're supposed to go, you know, liquor before beer. You're in the clear beer. Before Why do liquor, I feel like I've heard this before? Sicker. I probably I, have. I probably told but... it to you. Yeah. Um, and also recently starting taking a psychiatric drug that a psychiatric drug that specifically does is known to make you more susceptible to the effects of alcohol um, mm. is is probably not. Basically, I got completely wasted, and mm-hmm. uh, I the parts I remember for the rest of that night were trying to play Halo Two, which had just recently come out. <laughs> and by the way, that night is still my only experience with that game. I played a lot of Halo One. I played some Halo Three. The only time I played on Halo Two was when I was completely wasted. Um, yeah. Apparently, I was told afterwards by some of my friends that I was coming on to a couple of them, um, and then I remember at one point. Getting up, going through the sliding, not like through the glass, but opening the sliding glass door to the porch outside. <laughs> That'd be funnier, and, though. And uh, throwing up uh, and getting most of the vomit on myself. And then waking up in my underwear, because of that, I guess, uh, on the couch, and everyone else was gone. <laughs> and so I had to uh, get up, go, you know, still had some dry heaves and stuff, because uh, I was pretty blasted, hungover. And uh, then once I was good enough to drive, drive back to oh yeah, put on I'm sorry, put on the clothes that were still kind of smelling of, of vomit. Um, drive back to home, and then go through Thanksgiving dinner. Pretty still pretty damn hungover. Oh, uh, so yeah, that Goodness. was a pretty bad experience uh, uh, alcohol wise. I'm I think just gonna I give you. I'm going to give you a hand, I guess, just because I'm sorry. <laughs> it's was... good to have one of those, though, when you're young, uh, because it really helps you, it helped me at least, to learn what to do, how to kind of moderate my liquor, uh, and, and so that I don't have you know, really bad things that could get worse that could involve you know, legal issues or, or personal issues. Right, because uh, you didn't have... Probably nowhere near as much responsibilities as you do now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. and you were underage. What do you think you're doing? I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't Wait, buy the alcohol. Right back. Give me yeah. just a sec, guys. <laughs> okay, dogs. So, did you want to move on? Uh, yeah, we can go on to the next question. Just for Kenson. Okay. Uh, do you want to read them, or do you want me to read them? Uh, you can read them if you want to. Okay, any macro-related ideas that you've ever been embarrassed of, either because you actually like it, <laughs> or wonder what some peeps might think? No need to be specific. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. <clears throat> and it has Yes, to as, with... as of like two minutes ago? <laughs> yes. Sheboygan Bojangles is the bane of my existence. Um, and also the thing I was mentioning about um, the crunch and munch, <laughs> the, the coined term by Sylvan. It's not necessarily something... Yes, I'm embarrassed, but it's not embarrassed in such a way like, oh, I'm ashamed of myself. It's embarrassed because it's like, eh, I don't really want it to be in social interactions unless everyone knows me really well, which you guys do now. That's why it's coming out. <laughs> um, everything else, I mean, I'm I'm a very clean kitty. I do not at all, and yes, you're probably not going to believe me, but I promise you it's true. I don't look at smut. I don't look at okay, porn. Sorry. I don't look at any of that. 
I am 100% clean in everything, so there's not really anything that I would necessarily th- say I'm ashamed of, but the only thing that I would say that I'm a little embarrassed of to have out in social interactions is the thing that I answered Sylvan's question to. So, Sylvan's question? Was it butts? No, it wasn't butts. It was, um, <laughs> it was the thing about the crunch and munch. Yay. Ah, well... Yeah. So one thing I remember when we first started talking back, you know, three or four years ago, uh, I remember asking you at some point, is macro uh, interest, I guess, a a sexual thing mm-hmm. uh, or a sexual interest for you? And I remember you very quickly mm-hmm. answering yes, um, and you didn't really see, elaborate. Ugh, see, that's where it gets tricky. It's it. Is but it's not. That's it is because yes, it does make me very aroused. It's not because I definitely I don't choose to look at it for that. But whenever something comes up, it's it's not necessarily that I'm ashamed of it. It's just I choose to avoid it because it's it's not something that I necessarily want to have um, flourishing in my life. I guess um, I know that me. Personally, I, I mean, I've lived with myself for 22 years. I should know. If I am really into something, it doesn't stop at all. I, I would get to the point where I'd be obsessed with it if I liked it. I just don't want to give it that chance. So it would get out of hand very, very quickly, I guess. So, Do you think – I don't know. I, I think that that may be – the whole thing about becoming obsessed with something very quickly like that Maybe more – of a part of, of being a being younger, being a teenager, um, mm-hmm. and that in the past three years that I've known you, you know, you have matured a lot. Aww. So, you know, I'm not trying to get too um, personal here because obviously we're no. still doing the podcast. Well, no, it's but, okay. I mean, I, I love all of you guys. It's not like we're live streaming to an audience that's completely random. I know all of you guys and I love you, and especially you, Big Brother. I mean, you're the first furry I ever met. You can be personal if you want to be. First? Whatever. Oh, gosh. Stop it. <laughs> so, Walked right into that one. I'm going to go ahead and say it's not that I would never – It's I'm not wanting to say it's impossible. I'm not wanting to say, no, there's no way ever. It, it may happen eventually. It may happen someday, um, especially with Skyfire in my life. I mean, hey, if and when we're married, she's into macro too, so – Nothing else is going to be said there. Um, but it's just, it's never really something that's on my mind. It's never really something that comes up uh, in conversations, unless Dragonian's in the room. Yay. Um, yay. So what you're so, saying, what you're telling me is that I need to start bringing it up more in conversations when Dragonian's not in the room. Yeah, you would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that's basically it. I mean, yes, I'm a man. <laughs> Um, I'm no longer a boy. I have matured. So one day, maybe. I'm not sure. So I'm going to still be pure. I know that. So meh. Meh. Try as you might, but you shall never corrupt me. <laughs> okay. Let's go move on to the next. Accepted. <laughs> Let's go move into the second question then for you, Kenson. It says, How's the drawing thing with Zev been going? <laughs> I've been kind of meaning to ask Zev about this over the past couple weeks and haven't. We kind of haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know Zev was only wanting to try to do that 
you know, kind of a month at a time. We did it for a month. To... We did it for a month. We can yeah. pick it up in March if he wants. And that was to. his goal. Yeah. So I think that got accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, any favorite convention memorabilia, furry or anime, anime related? Oh gosh. Um. Besides all of the artwork that I've been able to get, uh, like there have been a couple from Gravewalker that I've been able to actually. Sorry, just one that I've been able to actually pick up the print of the actual traditional art of. Oh my gosh, that girl can draw traditional. And it was yeah, the one. Yeah, she still owes me something uh, from MFF traditional. Oh, but she's she's also been in. I think she's been kind of sick and stuff over the past. Yeah, and her kitty died. That's what it was. The cat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her and uh, Ryoku have been worried. Not worried. Oh, but I, yeah, and I, I knew that. I haven't been bothering her for it. I just. You know. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I'm sure if you pounce her. But anyway, um, so like it's the one of uh, Tal, not Quan, but Tal, uh, basically reclining in my uh, my big kitty digits and. Just we're having kind of a relaxing afternoon together. So yeah, I like that one a lot too. I do love that one. Oh my gosh! You got that at a convention? Yeah, I actually got that. I picked that up at. Mm, I got it commissioned at Furlaxation 2013, and I picked it up at MFF something like that. It or eh, somewhere along the lines, I got it from her. Uh, and I actually have the physical copy, so that's definitely awesome. Another one of my favorite things, it actually got mailed to me, but it was from a con. Um, Tannic Woofer and Iggy did a piece of art for me, the one of uh, me sitting in the middle of Columbus chewing on a car with my paws exposed all nice and in the open, I guess. That's traditional. That piece of art in particular is an 11 by 14, is it? It might be bigger, actually. Gosh, it's it's actually a really big piece of paper. It's it's like almost cardstock, really really thick paper, really beautiful. And I only paid forty five dollars for it, full color, full ink, everything, and Copic. That's again one of my favorite pieces of memorabilia from any con because it's it, it's just I don't know what it is with me about getting physical art and it's traditional, but it's just it's so awesome. It's just so much more special. So. There, there's more, but that's that's what comes to mind. All right, so then let's go on to the questions for Drago Nine. Do we have to? Well, I guess not. <laughs> Yay! I'm kidding. These are thunderous questions, though. You know, I think that that yeah. These we'll are questions. He doesn't want to there. read them because he makes fun of me. And the- basically, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Mm. Um, what's one show you watched the entire way through and hated yourself for it, but could muster the willpower to stop? Oh goodness. The Sword of Truth TV show. I love those books. They were pretty much the primary inspiration of why I started being a writer myself. And I could not even begin to describe how excited I was that they were making it into not a movie, which I was knew for sure would be shit, but like an hour-long like miniseries where they had several episodes of it. And it was terrible. Like Inferno Cup. I know. Inferno Cop is amazing, and anything you say to the contrary is a bold-faced lie, and Thunder knows this as well as I do. So, the Sword of Truth TV series was worse than the Aragon movie. It was so god-awful, and I couldn't stop watching, because I was like, maybe it will get better. Maybe they'll do something right. Please, just prove me wrong and do something right. It just got worse and worse. 
And worse and worse and worse 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 down the hill to the finish. Yay. It was horrible and terrible oh. and awful. Now I kind of want to go thing, watch it. And the only thing that compared to how terrible that was was the ending to Divinity 2. Have you ever heard of the movie Rubber? It's on Netflix. It's about I don't a- watch pornography. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Just, just roll with me real fast. Literally okay. roll with me because the uh, the movie is about a haunted tire. Or a, a tire. It's is it written by rubber. Stephen King? I, I don't know. But it, it's basically, it got three out of five stars on Netflix. You can look up the, the trailer on YouTube and everything if you want to. It's just supposed to be a complete gas. Like, nothing about it makes sense. Doesn't everything on Netflix get three out of five stars? I like That, that seems Probably. to be just like the, the rating I see on yeah. Netflix for everything I pull up. Yeah, they, they don't want to rate something half a star or something. Yeah. But so, it, it's just it's so, there's a tire rolling around like Nevada in the desert, and it's haunted. And all you see it do is just roll suspiciously. There's not even background music to the, to the, to the movie. It's just this tire rolling around. And it'll go and do different things, like interact with people. And people will be like, why is there a tire suddenly here? And then they'll just explode. And it's like, what? For some reason, that makes me think of Manos, Manos Hands of Fate, which was a MST, MST Science Theater 3000. Uh, Mataki's like best homicidal tire movie ever. Uh, okay, see it, Mataki. I actually haven't seen. It. So we got it. the uh, next question for Dragonian, and uh, that's just uh, well, what's it like being a cripple? <laughs> he does add a footnote that says, "Don't take this seriously." I owe you heart. That's so bad. Thunder, you're a horrible person. When I make jokes about you being a plant that's factual and botany, I'm making uh, botany yeah, this jokes. Is the, okay, no, this is the third. You cannot make this again because this is the third time you have done this, either on the podcast or on Twitter. But he makes fun of me. It doesn't give me the chance to do a it's okay, really, it's okay. really Dragonian, bad pun. I'm here for you. Just come into okay, my. Okay, now spot. for for Sorry. serious for a second, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to say something about my character. Oh, like Dragonian does not have wings. He should have wings, but he doesn't because he has a genetic defect that runs in his family where the wings come and deform. So they're amputated as a child because if they were allowed to grow in as he grew up, there would be a risk of blood clots because they would deform and wouldn't be useful anyway. So him and everyone in his family have his wings amputated at birth. Dragonian and all of his family are part of a race of dragons called the Drekki, which the short version is they evolve much faster than a normal species, and because of that, they're heavily susceptible to things like genetic birth <laughs> defects and things like that. So it's not uncommon for things like this to happen among the Drekki, and you're an asshole for making fun of it. Hashtag Drekki. Team Drekki. I am Team Drekki. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> moving on. And the last question he asked you, Dragonian, is your favorite song or album? Which, Ooh, I'm actually interested about this. This is difficult for me because my taste in music changes wildly based on my mood, and I don't typically follow specific artists. You're not the only one. I'll like, like one or two of their songs. So if I can't say the entire Doomstar Requiem, <laughs> then I would probably say uh, Phoenix by Fall Out Boy. Because for some reason right now, that's a song that I could listen to over and over on repeat for four hours and not get tired of it. I love that when you find a song that you can do that to. Like, I'm the same way when it comes to being... I'm a complete rainbow when it comes to music. I don't like something in specific. I like everything. I listen to everything. Interesting way to describe yourself. Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as you mentioning the... uh, Still listening to a song over and over... 
again for you know without getting tired of it. I get that way with musicals a lot. Like I'll <laughs> find it. <laughs> the Doomstar Requiem. Goodness, is the Doomstar Requiem an actual like musical? It it is an it is the ending to the Metalocalypse series as an opera. I think I've heard of that. Oh god, operas are not musicals. Operas are something different. Um, Operas are the original musical. I need to see because musical is short for musical comedy, and opera is not a. Never mind. (laughs) I need to see Rocky. Let's move on to the next next email because we are running long here. Um, This next email, let me make sure everything's still working. Don't even say it, Dragonian. Okay. Next email is coming in from Matt. Hello, Tinies! I have a couple of questions for this Q&A episode. First one goes to Kenson. In the past, you have mentioned that you strongly believe in Christianity. Uh, However, I wonder if your beliefs affect the way you look at the fandom in any way. In the wider world, I imagine that some of the more hardcore religious people would look at the fandom in a negative light because there is such a large gay scene, which appears to be getting more attention. Plus, there's always those people who would feel uncomfortable because of the adult art involving anthropomorphic animals. You, however, seem to be far more accepting of other people, no matter who they are, what their orientation is, or what types of stuff they like, and that's incredibly admirable. You look past other people's differences and see them as being just like everyone else. So my effect, my question is, do your beliefs affect the way you look at the fandom in any way? Well, they do and they don't, actually. It's affected not in a negative way like you would think. Uh, and it actually, it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. And by kind of, I mean it actually breaks my heart a lot. Because Christians of today, or at least those who claim to follow Christ have, and who really don't, have given Christianity a name that it should never, ever have. We are to be like Christ. Christ never rejects anybody. He loves everyone. But there are rules. There are commandments that are given. But that's within our own brothers and sisters in Christ. There's so many Christians who believe that it is their right, their duty, to go out and... and criticize someone who doesn't even follow the same uh, beliefs that they do. That they just want, need to go out and like change them because they're not right. When in reality, we're no different. And there's actually an analogy that I heard one time that is picture perfect. I heard it, uh, my pastor at my church uh, quoted it from uh, a televangelist uh, really out there. But you, you think of televangelists as being these, these uh, I, I want to say it like this, but Really, really bigotry and kind of stuff, but no, there's... Anyway, uh, it has to do with you have a neighbor that just moves in, and they move in down the street, you want to go say hi, and you end up walking into their house and start telling them how they should arrange their furniture, start telling them what they should hang on the walls. No, this wall over here should be painted red. No, I don't like the color of that carpet over there. You know, you should move your refrigerator over here. It might make things look, you know, nicer and more clean. That's exactly how Christians who try to criticize and judge those who don't even follow Christ... That's exactly how it is. You wouldn't do that. You would get kicked out of that neighbor's house in minutes because you're not, you're ruining everything, basically. And as a Christian, we are supposed to be strong. We are supposed to follow Christ with all, and love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. There is no, there is no absence of that. But that doesn't mean that we have to go and just, just tromp all over everything 
on everyone for their beliefs because they don't believe what we believe. That is not being a Christian. That's not even close. Because we are to follow Christ exactly how he lived. He never hated anyone. He never... So... Well, I was going to say, so wouldn't just the very idea, though, of being of having evangelists in the first place, uh, of, of proselytizing, uh, isn't that something that at least has an implication that you do want others that aren't necessarily Christians to adopt well, your system of beliefs? Well, that's just to go and spread the word. There's a difference between well, but, spreading... But, but what's the point of spreading the word if, if you're not trying to get people to convert to your system of beliefs? It's It's very, very... It's hard to explain because it's not – shouldn't be you're going out to convert. We are to live our lives personally in our relationship with God. It's supposed to be very personal. It's not supposed to be something that you're trying to uh, pull people in and convert. You should be the light that they see, and it should not be a, hey, I'm trying to convert you. It should be a, oh, they have something that I don't. I'm curious. Form not convert. Yeah, and, and I guess the reason I'm asking that is like, then you you mentioned some, you mentioned a televangelist mentioning this. Mm-hmm. Why would what would be the point of televangelism if it's that way? Televangelism is just to inform uh, televangelists who don't just ask for money and things that are just do, on the air and don't really because. Brothers and sisters in Christ, since we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, usually there's some type of inclining like, no, this person's not even if you don't, this person is just on the screen right now just to rob people, basically. There are people like that. Jesus says, watch out for those who are wolves in sheep's clothing, the false prophets kind of thing. And there are televangelists out there who do that, but there are televangelists out there that also have all kinds of support, all kinds of helplines. Like, I can name one specific, Joyce Meyer. She goes out and does all kinds of good for not just America, but the world. And there's there's a whole bunch of different semantics there. Well, I, I think you're missing my point, though. My point isn't so much why don't you go out and you know do things like, you know, help people and, and, and other things, but if it was truly about, you know, using your your personal relationship for uh, bettering yourself, mm-hmm. then television doesn't really have... Television doesn't really have a place in that because television is all about either entertaining or informing of... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, informing for the purposes of uh, impacting, I guess, or, or of, of you know, right. to, to make to make a to not try to use a, a, a negative connotation, but right. to you know, potentially change somebody's mind. Oh, and it's, it's and not- the reason I, I real quick, the reason I'm thinking in this way is because as I've been studying Judaism over the past few months, uh, one of the things that I have been really interested in and and appreciative of it is how like almost like converting people evangel evangelizing people to become jews is treated as a very negative thing um mm-hmm. you know you know it's it's something that people do convert to judaism but 
there is no organized effort on the part of hardly any uh, Jewish congregations to to go proselytize or evangelize or even you know you don't see Jewish televangelists you don't see you know at most you might see somebody who is speaking for the Jewish community to you know help make them you know help fight bigotry and the stuff that's out there in media mm-hmm. um, so so that contrast to me has been something that has been kind of striking uh, over the past uh, more as I've examined it more over the past few months. It's it truthfully is about just informing though. It's it can be taken in very different ways, but we are we love Jesus so much we can't shut up about him. We're going to tell any ears who are willing to hear. It's not that we're trying to say it so that you will be converted. We're just going to say it. We're not trying to basically pull anyone in. It's just the televangelists do it because they're just they're getting the name of Jesus Christ out there. It's fulfilling the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and twenty. But you know, he is like the most well-known person in the history of all mm-hmm. mankind. I, I think their mission's kind of done. Uh, you know, they, I don't think they need to do any more of that. They, I don't see how anyone can can be a human, at least in Western civilization. Well, maybe and maybe if you go to like the the tribes of Africa or something like that. Uh, and I can only speak for myself, but I mean, I would even do missionary work because even though his name is everywhere, it doesn't mean that the light doesn't need to get somewhere else. It's not necessarily preaching his name and saying his name on television. It's going and being an example and living well, that, like that. I mean, that's kind of my point is that it seems like the resources are being misdirected, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that people who own TVs have probably heard of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> people well, who don't own TVs, if you, want to, if you want to preach to them, if you want to evangelize to them, then whatever. But yeah. that's where I think a lot of Christianity and Christians get it, it gets almost kind of frustrating to, to non-believers, to non-Christians, because you're saying that you know they just can't shut up about it. Well, yeah, and when people can't shut up about something and it tell you over and over and over again, it becomes kind of annoying. <laughs> well, again, I can only speak for myself. I never want to do that kind of thing. I never want to get to the point where I'm where I'm just I'm talking your ear off about it, but. I know that I mentioned Joyce Meyer earlier. I know that uh, when she does her uh, televangelist things, all of the money that's donated uh, goes to helping third world countries and things too. So it's it's about transferring of finances and funds and things. It's not a profit thing. So. Okay. So I have the perfect way to end our little religious discussion right here by describing a picture that I just saw. Oh gosh. It's two people standing outside of a church and you know how a lot of the churches will have those little signs where they'll have a message or something like Jesus says hi or Christmas in three days. This one says God says homosexuality is sin except that's what it would say but the two guys have taken the S off of the picture. So it says God says homosexuality is sin. They have like a thumbs up or something. Yeah, they're like holding the S, like like they've taken it off, and they're like smiling at the camera, uh, like yeah, we just did that. I uh, that makes me think of just kind of randomly related a picture uh, or a series of, I believe it was a Catholic church and a Methodist church that were like across the street from each other, and they just kept on having oh uh, yeah, back I, I and know forth. what you're talking about. 
was, I'm trying to think. Was it the Catholic Church that was being kind of? All, I think it was the Catholic Church that was being kind of joking about it, and uh, whatever the other Protestant denomination. I don't remember if it was Methodist or not, but they were like taking things really seriously. I don't remember what they were arguing about, but it was basically like like the Methodist Church would put up something really serious, and the Catholic Church would kind of make a play on it, uh, and then the Methodist Church would like react all extremely. Uh, you know, just all dogs go to heaven. Upset. Only humans go to heaven. Read the Bible. That's Humans's what it was. All his creations, dogs included. Dogs don't have souls. This is not open for debate. <laughs> Catholic dogs go to heaven. Presbyterians and talk to their Presbyterians. Pastor. That's what it was. Converting okay. the Catholic does not magically grant your dog a soul. Free dogs, souls so... with conversion. <laughs> That's dogs are animals. There aren't any rocks that have either. All rocks go to heaven. <laughs> you know, I almost converted to Catholicism on that day. Oh, Dude, that. I know, right? Like, that's the kind of stuff, if there's anything that's going to make me get a religion, that's it. All right. Oh, uh, we need to get off. We have way too many more emails to read. Um, so, now that the serious question is over from Matt, still Matt's email, on to something more silly. What, who would win in a growth contest out of you three? I, I would um, probably say Dragonian would win. Because he's the one who is... Just because I'm the most competitive as the three of us. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, yeah. I, would, I might compete with you a little bit, but I would eventually just either give up or, like, say, you know... I like other people being bigger than me, so I'm going to kind of help you in this, and then you would get yeah. your own growth power plus mine. Yeah. Maybe I would... Maybe, maybe, Kinsid would win, because I would just, in order to try to uh, kind of uh, undermine you, Dragonian, I would give all my growth energy to him, and so he'd have Make the kitty bigger. Plus, wow. giant, I, I prefer giant cats to dragons. I am now... We are now accepting... Uh, Size donation funds to making the Kenson kitty bigger. So the only thing, Kenson, is that if I if I give you my growth energy, uh, <laughs> my growth energy doesn't apply to clothing. So I believe just... the best. We need yeah. an ion positronic laser to bring the word of God to all of the heathens. Huh? What? Seen Starvin Marvin in space? No, I have not. Look it up after the episode. All right. Thanks for reading. Keep on growing. Matt Husky. P.S. By reading this, you've been cursed, or should I say blessed, to double in size every day for the next month. Haven't I already caused you, Dragonian, to double in size every minute hmm. for the next five yes. centuries from the from the syrup on your waffle this morning? You know, I'm going to so go that was about, let's see, about that. was that about, what, 12 hours ago? Uh, 12 hours times 360. Take that to factor. Oh, man. You'd probably I've been be about... solar systems. No, no, no. You'd be like... The universe would be smaller than your cells, I would believe. What? Wait, what did you say the if factor doubles, was? It doubles in size every minute for... Every, oh. Uh, since, what, 8 this morning? What? Gosh, that's not... No. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You're well, so like, now, now, now I'm thinking about it, uh, like, in real life, like, if that were to just start happening. I would double in size, I would be 10 feet tall uh, by tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Well, it basically yeah, takes Mataki's whole one percent thing yeah. and just by the way, blows it super out of shout out Mataki. That journal, that journal though, Ugh. and uh, like let's see, Mitaki. two days would be twenty feet, three days would be forty feet, and then eighty. Gosh, by next week I would be let's see, eighty, one sixty, three twenty. Yeah, I'd be over three hundred feet tall by next week. Cool. 
it is physically impossible for me to listen to the harder, better, faster, stronger song whenever it comes on my phone and not think of Mataki now thanks to that stupid broke game. Damn it, Mataki! I love it so much. Oh, goodness. I'm going to play right now. All right, we have one more email to go here, and that's from Gnarl. You want to read the Stray Guardian? Dibs. Hello, Giant 3, and guess if there is one, which there's not. I'm Gnarl, flirtatious Cheshire. Not Nantariel. Non pariel. My question is pretty simple, and I'm really only writing in because Dragonian made me and totally did not make you. You willingly chose to write in all by yourself because you knew what the consequences were if you didn't. Um, which is which of the hosts and whoever you have on, if anyone, is the tallest in real life? That would be me. And how would you guys handle it if you started growing suddenly but kept the same proportional height difference amongst yourselves? Hmm. Would you pal around even as the tallest keep getting taller? Would you get jealous and enlist some outside aid, creative trickery to steal size or speed up your own growth? And how would the others react if one of you did cheat the system, so to speak? Oh, goodness. I'm going to play a Mataki's game on hard as we answer this. So I'm 6'4", Kenson's 5'7", Dragononian, you're 5'10", right? Somewhere around there. Okay. So I'm just about uh, 8 inches taller than Kenson and and about 4 inches taller than than Dragononian. Or 5 inches taller. Um, If... So I wouldn't have to... I guess I wouldn't be the one who would be asking... Who would be needing to try to steal size or anything like that. Uh... Would I you, totally would, be just because yeah. I like turn around. See, that's why I would give it to Kenson. <laughs> Still. Yay! Again, we go back to kind of the question that Matt. Hey, it'd it'd totally be like I would like steal some of your size, and I'd be like, "Haha, now I'm the big one." Then he would give it to Kenson, and then he'd be even bigger than me, and it would just kind of go on from there. Because I like the multiple turnaround, where one guy gets bigger, then the other guy gets bigger, and the other guy gets even bigger, then the other guy shrinks, and the other guy gets mm-hmm. bigger. And as I said, like I like being. Big, but I also like having making others bigger, so I would be fine with this. <laughs> uh, I suppose. Oh, are you, wait, you're reading this email, not me. <laughs> um, I suppose you could answer the question in regards to your IRL sold for your character, but in the case of the latter, you start off at your actual height. If you want, you can discuss the ramifications of rampant growth or group growth in public. Oh, man. Anyway, Dragonian is the sexiest person alive. Salutations. Uh, I mean, the salutations. Yes. Good night. Okay, so applause. waiting. Uh, so just so I can edit this in when we actually have the podcast, I'm going to read it. Uh, anyway, Dragonian is a big nerd. There we go. Lies and slander. All right. Coming from and, But yeah, I think that, especially if we're talking with our, with our real life selves, like I would almost like not grow at all. I would just funnel all of the growth, even if every, even if there was like a natural growth thing, into everyone else. Yay, Mataki, you shall outgrow the solar system. Okay, so that's the end of our emails. Uh, I, I, we did promise that we would look at some questions in the chat. So if any of you guys are still there, uh, I know there's a little bit of a delay, so we'll probably have to uh, wait until you guys actually catch up to this. But go ahead and get those questions and put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many as possible. It's it's already getting close to 11 o'clock central time here, so we're probably So while not... they're answering their questions, would you like to talk about TFF a little bit? Yes, while we're waiting for questions uh, to come in, uh, let me go ahead and mention that we will be uh, doing a live stream. It'll be me and Kenson, not Dragonian, although we'll have some there'll be some participation from the Dragon. Um, yeah. And hopefully another special guest here to unannounce, mostly because we're not sure yet. Um... The time is supposed to be next, or it's supposed to be Saturday uh, at Texas Fair Fiesta, six thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, I don't know the room, 
Uh, I'll try to post that onto the Twitter account and uh, FA and, and elsewhere. Uh, so, but yeah, six thirty. If, if you have a con schedule online or in the con book, then you can uh, check check it there as well. Um, our theme. Uh, we're going to try to go talk a little bit about uh, furry superheroes and villains that are macro sized. Since since that's the theme of the podcast, it's just furry superhero and villains. Uh, you know, it's something that I think would work well for our. Uh, purposes, and it's one of the things that makes me real sad that King Dead is uh, not going to be there, because he'd be a perfect person to talk about that. Yes. Um, Kenson, do you have anything you want to say? And I don't know yeah. if... I Almost don't know done. Confirm... <sighs> I don't know if you confirmed this the stupid this game, not, Kenson? But uh, it's my understanding <laughs> that this is going to be recorded and like visually played like the one at MFF was, is that correct? Ty, I, I need to respond to him, actually, but Ty Husky is going to be at TFF as well, so he is offered to videotape us as well. Just like, we, just like before. I got so a 96%. Guys, so if you guys haven't seen it, we did actually video record the MFF podcast episode, and you can watch that on Ty Husky's YouTube, and you can see all of us talking and sitting there and being awkward and me making jokes about wine and things like that. And this will happen again with the TFF episode as long as everything works out with Ty Husky again. Hmm. Okay, so we do have some questions coming in from, uh, starting with ones from Eddie, Eddie Crocodile. Or Eddie Dial is his screen name here. I Get suppose her. I can ask, why do macros? Sorry, that's that my throat. Why do macros like to eat micros so much? Do we macro micros have flavors? <laughs> uh, I hmm. don't particularly care for eating micros, so I can't really speak to that. I know. Um, I like to think you guys do. I don't normally partake. But fuzzy paws, like like micros, like fuzzy paws. I know that there's others. Um, also, there's a species called citras, which I can't remember who who made it up. But there's a, I believe there's a furry in the community that made the up citras. Strawberry stuff. Strawberry shortcake. No, no, no. It's well, it's like it's um citrus kangaroos. I think it, I but they're called you, citrus. I was talking to somebody about this. Was I talking to you about this? <laughs> There's like lemon, lime. Yeah, lemon. that just sounds familiar. Maybe I was talking to Zev. Yeah. Zev, was I talking to you about this? Zev, are you still there? I know you're in the chat, but me. You know. Anywho, go on. But but that, that's that's what uh, came to mind. There's there's furs and micros who will say flat out that they have a flavor, um, but typically I don't I don't think so. Yeah, Crux someone tastes like blueberries, but that's only because Shabs makes them use a special. Sound I thought he's a blue M&M. No, blue M&Ms. Yeah, blue M&Ms. No, Aren't you listening in the podcast? He, he actually, in character, tastes like blueberries because Shabs makes him use a special shampoo that makes him taste like that. Aww. Well, one of the things that um, I, uh, I someone asked me, I put a shout on my FA page, I guess, recently about uh, putting a like a. Making my tail have uh, the coffee flavor or something should be cinnamon. Hi, cinnamon, cinnamon. A, I don't really see a, a point of having a flavor on a macro. And B, but why that not? just is something that I don't have any kind of, I guess, personal interest in. And you know, honestly, I'm kind of what flavor would I be, guys? Like being <laughs> from someone trying to ask to put an important part of my character or, or to have me change my character in some way. Um, <laughs> You know, that, that's something that I feel should come from me. But <laughs> I want my paws to have a flavor now, actually. What flavor should they be? Strawberry? Because the pink pads? What about crushed cement flavored? Mmm. 
No, I think it's, it's like blood and, uh, and mm. muscle stuff. All right, we got another question coming in here from, and he told me how to pronounce his name, but it's not. He said it's Wyvern just, or Wyvern, because everyone pronounces it different. I believe it's Wyvern. Yeah, you need to give like a phonetic pronunciation there, but I'm going to go with Wyvern. Muscles? Uh, muscles? So, yes. I ask you guys, can I ask a second question? We'll start just reading your first question. I ask you guys, what would you think if macros and micro roles were inversed as suddenly their size were inversed? Would that lead to a revenge or would they have pity? Mm, like personally with each of us or it, in general? I think he means in general and I would say it varies heavily from person to person. Yeah. If, if I had to go personally, I would say it, it, it would, if I was tiny and all of a sudden huge, I wouldn't want to destroy and if i was huge and all of a sudden tiny i would just want to cuddle i don't even know if you know what the word revenge means kent (laughs) yeah like what do what about it for me it heavily depends on what if i was the little guy being big it would depend on what the big guy did to me because while i'm not a, a horribly vengeful person i'm very vindictive but there's like a a high threshold to get me over that lump like, pretty much once you get to that point, I will never forgive you no matter what you do, but it takes a lot to get to that point. I actually know several people that way. Like, only three people are over my threshold, and one of those three people I honestly wouldn't mind if they died. I think yeah, I know which person strep, you're talking strep about. Guy? No. Oh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's too much me and Kent's a thought. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> It's my grandpa's You were wife. just you, you were honestly, so absolutely livid about that though. That was more joking anger though, but mm-hmm. like my my grandpa's w- like new wife who's basically ruined his life. I honestly would be happy if, if I got a call tomorrow and she got ran over by a car. Goodness. And I say that with And on was, that note. No, like, how are we supposed to move on from that? Come on. <laughs> Insert segue uh, here. River does have Classic a second segue. question here. What if a macro was uh What? So I know I don't I, understand what I don't that understand this do. question. I don't understand how that's I'm not... How does I sentence? <laughs> okay, so English is not Wyvern's first language, I know and I think from Quebec. Uh mm-hmm. so well, I'm I'm really not sure what the question is there. If if you hear this, could you maybe try to rephrase well, anyway. that or in the meantime, I guess we have another question. How long can Thunder Noogie Zev until Zev sets him on fire? <laughs> Noogie flails. <laughs> Goodness. Uh. Zev's too nice to set anybody on fire. Noogie Plus he's a plant, he would just, you know, and then he'd be gone. Hmm. And we'd all be sad. Hmm. Yeah, also, he's not a dragon, so he can't set people on fire. Made me think of a phoenix. Just well, <laughs> Rebirth. Okay, so point, I think on that note, we might as well just wrap this up. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we're getting pretty we're far into this, so let's wrap this up. And me steal Kinson's line because he keeps stealing mine, and he doesn't get a say in this. Well, <laughs> so to wrap up, uh, we will be like I said, TFF episode next week. So that may that will most likely mean next week's episode is not going to be posted on time, and we're also not going to live stream it um, because I have no idea if we're actually going to have internet in the uh, hotel. Mm-hmm. Mer. But uh, how is that? Mer? <laughs> what? 
What? You stole all of my MERS. I had to put them in somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Here so, yeah, the... Uh, if you're, you're going to be in the DFW area for Texas for FES next week, say hi. Uh, come to the podcast. Uh, otherwise, you know, keep on listening. We will... Uh, I don't know. I think we'll probably be talking about more doing live stream stuff later for this, but uh, uh, at least for this episode, it went okay. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, truthfully. Yep. And uh, anything else you guys need to say before we go? Keep calm and stomp your paws. No! Bye, guys! No! 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 Good no. nights and the big paws. Wait, no. Go to bed, everybody. It's late at night. And big your big. <laughs> what? What?